We are starting a little sermon series on Paul's letter to the Galatians. And uh, as uh, Lisa invited you to read the Bible uh, specifically, I would invite you to read or reread Galatians uh, maybe several times in the next few weeks. Immerse yourself in that very important book of the Bible and uh, maybe get a study Bible, maybe a commentary. We have them down in our church library. You're welcome to, uh, to use those resources. So, Galatians, no other gospel. We're going to talk about what the gospel is, but today we're going to talk about what the gospel isn't. Okay? What the gospel isn't. And in thinking about that and thinking about Father's Day, all these kind of things kind of come together for me. And I got to thinking about when I was a kid back in the late 60s, my dad wanted to get a little travel trailer. Uh, he and my mom were school teachers and, and his dream was just to take that RV and, and go to the Rocky Mountains for the whole summer. Okay. And I was pretty pumped about it too. He knew he needed a, a better, newer car to do that back when RVs were pulled by cars and not trucks. And so we, uh, he went down to the Chevy dealer because we were a Chevy family. That's how it used to work. Okay. And I went with him and most of you know this, but, but now when things are normal, they're not, but now when things are normal, okay, you would drive past the Chevy place or the Ford place and there might be 50, 60, 70 different vehicles out there, right? And you go and you pick one out and you buy it. Um, back when uh, my dad was shopping for a car, it was kind of the opposite. The Ford, I mean, the dealer might only have four or five cars in the showroom. They were just models to look at. And you sat down with the salesman and you ordered what you wanted from the factory. Okay. And so my dad saw an ad for a 1969 Chevy Impala, a pretty good price. And so he goes down to the Chevy dealer and sits down with the salesman and the salesman immediately begins to talk about add-ons okay so do you want an air conditioner because it used to be optional right and my dad's like I don't know and I'm like dad we're going out west it's the desert we're going to need that air conditioner okay well all right um, do you want a radio that used to be optional right an AM radio. My dad could have cared less, but I'm a little baby boomer listening to rock and roll. I'm like, Dad, we've got to have the radio. No, I don't think so. Well, Dad, you know, you get weather reports on that. It's a safety thing. Okay? Well, all right. Okay. Um, well, another add-on. Do you want the, the exterior trim? Well, he could have cared less, and I thought it would be pretty cool. And I'm like, Dad, Mom would really like that trim, okay? Because that's how I used to sell things to my dad. You know, Mom would like that, okay? And then we really got into it. Well, if you're going to pull that trailer in the mountains, that, uh, that 250 straight six isn't going to do it. You're going to need a V8 350 with a four-barrel carburetor, and you're going to have to upgrade to more heavy duty transmission and you're going to have to get the special rear end that's geared down for towing and by the time we got through my dad was just despondent this really good deal was no longer a really good 
deal. So, what the gospel isn't, no add-ons, okay? There are no add-ons to the gospel, and this is what Paul is absolutely adamant about. There are no add-ons to the gospel that I preach to you. In fact, it's no gospel at all, if that's what it is. He says, it's no gospel at all. And gospel means good news. And if there's all these countless add-ons, it begins to not feel good anymore. Paul um, apparently uh, helped to set up this church of Gentiles, okay? Uh, In that world, there's two kinds of people. There's Jews and there's Gentiles. And it's a Gentile congregation and apparently someone comes in behind him and says well okay you love Jesus that's great awesome but you need to be a little more Jewish which makes sense at that time okay that uh, Jesus was Jewish Jesus was Jewish the disciples were Jewish they're reading the Old Testament the the Hebrew scriptures they are immersed in the Jewish traditions and uh And and so it would make sense to think that you also need that add-on, that they needed to be circumcised. And Paul is furious because he knows the code word here, okay? It's not just the act of circumcision, it's what it represents. And what it represents is the law. What it represents is the 613 commandments in the Old Testament. Testament, everything from how to eat kosher to you name it. And that it's about being more acceptable. That if I do all these things, I will be more acceptable to God. And Paul says, no, the cross alone, the cross alone, there are no add-ons to this grace to this mercy to this gospel now I don't want you to think that I'm I'm dogging down on the on the Jewish faith and tradition because we Christians we Gentile Christians do it all the time right there are those who call themselves Christians and then there's real Christians right you're not Christian enough Right? There are the true Christians and the not so true Christians. There are the correct Christians and they're the wrong sort of Christians. You love Jesus great. We're excited for you. But you have to get baptized in the right way instead of the wrong way. You have to belong to the right denomination instead of the wrong denomination. You have to worship with instruments or without instruments, right? The list goes on and on. When I was a kid, there were Christians and then there were acceptable Christians who don't dance. (laughs) Right? Add-ons. Right? Uh, There are those Christians who sincerely believe that you cannot be liberal and an acceptable Christian at the same time. Right? And then there are those who think that you can only be a Christian, the right sort of Christian, if you are open-minded. Although, it's funny how often open-minded people aren't very open-minded about people they consider not to be (laughs) open-minded. I confess 
that I've been reading about the Southern Baptist Convention this week with glee. Yes. It's not just Methodists that argue all the time about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, right? And it's not that a lot of these things are, are, are unimportant. It's just that it's not about the saving grace of the gospel. When my uh, youngest son, John, uh, was a teenager, one Sunday morning we're getting ready for church. And he comes out wearing these raggedy shorts and this awful raggedy t-shirt. And I said, you're not going to church dressed like that. Go change. And my son John is excellent at arguing with me theologically and scripturally. And he says, Jesus doesn't care what I wear to church. And I said, I know Jesus doesn't care what you wear to church, but I care. Okay? And I'm your dad. Go change. Okay? So... It's not about his value before God, right? The walk to Emmaus, the very first team I was on, one of the pastors was uh, Pastor Mike Lowry, who's since become a bishop. And he gave a talk on justification, justifying grace, that you are justified by the cross of Jesus Christ. You are made acceptable to God through the cross of Jesus Christ. And so then later that evening, each of these table groups had to give a summary of his talk. And it was fascinating because every single one of them added something that he did not say. And they say, you're acceptable unto God if. And there was an if. And they added something. And Mike was like, oh, gosh. And then the next group would go. And they added something. And he's like, oh, my gosh. And the the first six groups, they all did an add-on. And he was just despondent. And finally, the last group says, you are justified through the cross of Jesus Christ. And he's like, yes, yes. Finally, the gospel is not about who deserves it and who doesn't. It's not about who's in and who's out. Who is good enough? Who is right enough? Who God might love more? Hmm? God is already for you. God has already said yes. God has already said yes to you. Now that sounds great, right? That sounds nice, right? But that unfathomable, unconditional, undeserving mercy is only fathomable when we embrace our sin. Right? Okay, so recently I bought a a new weed eater and I'm trying to load uh, the cord into it and it won't work and I, I just, it won't work and I pull it back out and I try it again and it won't work and I pull it out and I'm starting to have words with my weed eater, okay? <laughs> and they are not nice words and I'm beginning to curse this stupid thing and why did they manufacture it like that and I wasted my money and it's too late to give it, to take it back and then, oh, I've been turning this the wrong way. 
my first thought was, I should really read the directions. <laughs> my second thought was, this kind of feels like a sermon illustration. What would that be? Oh, yeah, sin, right? I'm doing it wrong, and I'm blaming everybody else. Huh? But what Paul talks about is the slavery of sin, the, the, the evil, deathly, destructive nature of sin that we cannot escape. Speaking of Walt Timaeus, years ago I was on a team and it was for a women's walk. You know, I think, I think you know, we're, we're largely middle class American Christians and, and we, we clean up really well. We do. I mean, we know how to look nice. We present well. I know how to do that. You know how to do that. Okay? We present ourselves to the world very nicely. And I'm on this women's walk, and, and one lady in particular, uh, middle-aged, well-manicured, well-dressed, professional, educated, um, very nice, wonderful person. Um, you know, Emmaus is all about grace, but you have to talk about sin. And if you start talking about sin on Thursday night, the defense shields go up. They're like, oh, yeah, well, I'm thinking, well, yeah, clean your own house first, right? Don't be talking about us. Talk about yourself, right? On Saturday night, we're having a worship service. And in the middle of it, she stands up. And she begins to cry. And she begins to wail. It went silent. And the sanctuary is filled with this, this deep wail. And she begins to move towards the altar rail. And she stumbles. And these two women jump up and hold her up. She can't hardly stand. And the makeup is running down. And she's crying. Oh, it's a, it's the, it was the most painful sounding lament I'd ever heard and and I thought what what darkness deep in her soul what regret what unforgiveness what bitterness what what profound deep darkness has she covered up and hidden from us so well what is there that nothing has released her from it except the cross of Jesus Christ the crucifixion of the Son of God there is no other gospel the next morning I said, how you doing? She said, my face hurts. I can't stop smiling. Only the cross. Only the cross. And we're no longer Jew or Gentile. No longer slave or free. No longer male or female. We 
through the miracle of the cross are one with God and one with each other. Amen. Amen.